Welcome back to Rig for Dirt, the podcast about adventuring, getting out there, fixing, and figuring out the problems of being out in nature. Episode number three, I'm your host, Frank. And Ali. Don't forget to check us out on our website, rigfordirt.com. Also on Instagram, at rigfordirt. We've got an exciting show for you today as we hang out with the guys from Romer and Castle Fab. That's right, yeah. We're over here today from Castle Fab in Laguna Hills, California, um, where I'm going to be talking to not only John, who owns Castle Fab, but also next door to the Romer guys, who uh, share an adjacent space to John. Um, and Tony, one of the partners of Romer, is the one who actually introduced me to John. But first, we were at, Cal- uh, we were at King of the Hammers uh, last episode, episode two. And if you haven't heard that, go check it out right now. But that was an experience. Yeah, yeah, that was something that I wish we would have had more time to hang out and stick around a little bit longer. Um, I had to get home because I had already been pulling like, I don't know, a 19-hour day. You had just just flown in from Canada (laughs) right right before you picked me up. So I was jet-lagged, coming from a different time zone, um, waking up at 4 in the morning to catch my flight and then still being out until midnight West Coast time. So I'm... I'm glad I didn't stay, but I'm also fully regretting after what you experienced because you got to stay and you got to check out at least one of the more popular, entertaining, and famous parts of King of the Hammers. Especially at 9.30 at night. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm making it kind of like this habitual habit now where I'm, uh, <laughs> where I'm actually – I wait until everyone else leaves and then I, I know. do the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you left. You were done. And I was on my way out, and I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'd forgive myself. If I didn't go see what those lights were out in the distance from uh, the main road. Yeah, it's just a trail of lights coming off the hillside in the distance. Like way and out there, like miles out there. Yeah, right? and we could see it before we even got into, like, King of the Hammers proper, like, Hammer Town. Right. And it was just, it was awesome. And so I'm, I'm super stoked you got to go out there. But what's that place called? Uh, so it's called Chocolate Thunder, I believe. And it's basically this gnarly hill climb. And it's it seems like it's a series of hill climbs. There's multiple trails going up at the same time. Like, it's just... Crazy, crazy chaos. This is what you normally watch. Like when you do a search for King of the Hammers, this is what you see, right? This is like the chaos of these crazy built-out machines that are just, you know, hours upon hours of fabrication and customization just completely being eaten by this mountain as they try to climb these rocks. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, straight-up purpose-built rigs that have been like... uh, um, Created just for the sole purpose of climbing up these uh, these boulders and, and what have you, like uh, rigs with like full-on exoskeletons and yep, yep. Um, rear engine, like you know, uh, some of them were two-wheel drive and like they got their certain amount of props, and others were all-wheel drive and just just this crazy like combination. And then and there were some bypasses where you saw like some Cherokees and like trucks, like just what looks like uh, pre-runner style trucks and. Um, yeah, man, it was it was a spectacle, and and I think the one thing that kind of like was was the trip is so I'm driving out there through the desert, and there's like some roads, but not all the roads were kind of like clearly defined as to like where they would lead, and I ended up just kind of bisecting like through the desert from road to road, and uh, and basically once I finally get to where these lights are, you you realize immediately it's not the 241 toll road. <laughs> and because uh, it looks like it, right? It looks like some kind of crazy toll road. No, right. it's <laughs> right. It's it's still just like desert trails. Um, 
but it's this full like you know mass of, of rocks and boulders and there's a there's a huge parking lot below um where everyone's like parked and so i parked kind of like where everybody else was and i started walking up and it was dark so i couldn't really see anything other than like the main lights of the of the rigs that were going up this trail but as i started to get close i suddenly realized all that kind of like fuzziness on the edges were actually thousands of people yeah standing on yeah. this on the hillside Facing down, like they were all looking down into like the the valley of where the the main trail was. That, right, right. That all the all the rigs were going up, and and it's like you had fires in the middle of rocks randomly. People had dig, dug holes in like the sand and just built fires. Like it, it was like straight up, like out of Mad Max. Yeah, and that's really that's probably the best way to describe it because you have these like crazy loud and like bright colored. And I mean bright, I mean as far as the lights are concerned, just lights are aiming in every direction because these things are bouncing off rocks. And then you have these masses just completely piled on rocks, just people everywhere that you can think of, stacked, leaning, like huddled, and they're just with, with fires randomly. Like it's, it's apocalyptic in some ways, but it's also like this weird controlled chaos. Oh, totally. I mean, it's like the worship of... All things are power. Yeah, the worship of horsepower. That's like, seriously, like, if you saw Fury Road from, like, Mad Max, like, it's like I was waiting for people to, like, lace their fingers together and, like, hail to the king of V8s or whatever, you know, like, the god of V8s. It was gnarly. So, anyways, I kind of took this in. Unfortunately, some guy had rolled at the top of the hill, so it was just this backed-up line of rigs. So there wasn't a lot of action happening, Yeah, which was a bummer. But... But just seeing like, you know, the 20, 20, 30 rigs that were just lined up on this hill and the various stages of the trail and terrain, um, all the people around and just just the sheer spectacle of it was just insane. And and I and and then when I left, I'm driving back through the desert and I realize there's a lot of people on their sides. Yeah. Like a lot of people like just kind of rolled over just randomly. Trucks rolled over. <laughs> and I'm realizing these guys have probably been partying like all day and decided to like go wheel like, you yep. know. This is the, the, but there was a lot of hold my beer moments. It seemed like it, yeah. <laughs> and and the funny the funny takeaway which kind of goes to show like how much of a noob I am and um to to the world of off-road. I saw a truck like on its side. I'm like, "Okay, here's here's the chance I finally get yeah, to, yeah. you know, use my winch for the for purposes of good, right?" Right. I'm going to help I'm going to help this guy. I'm gonna help right? this He's guy, on his side. So. He's clearly in need of someone of a tug. Here it goes. So I park I parked the Jeep and the guy's like, you know, maybe like 20 feet out. And I'm busy fumbling with the winch cuz it's kind of it was like caked in mud from like an earlier trip and I hadn't fully washed it out, so it's getting kind of binded. And I and I finally get it unbound and as I'm turning around to like be the hero, the, I see the truck falls over back on its wheels. A bunch of, like, five guys are, like, high-fiving each other. You just hear this thud, a cloud of dust, and a bunch of high-fives being thrown around. And I just turn back around, spool <laughs> up the winch again, and go back on my way. And they're probably thinking, like, what was that guy in the Jeep what doing? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> they're all, look at the overlander. He's yeah. pulling out his winch. Is he, is he trying How to cute. take pictures of us with his Jeep? You know. <laughs> is he trying to get a shot for Instagram? He's trying to get a shot for Instagram. Yeah. We're already um, done. Yeah. That, so it was it was just like that kind of mentality and that kind of, like these these guys don't care. Yeah. They like it's a whole they, different yeah. Zero exactly. fucks are given. Yeah. And yeah, it's it was just such a fun, crazy time. But in the so. best possible way, right? Like it's not like like they don't care, you know. It's just a it's a more simple approach to to the problems that you find when you're out there. It's like it's just brute force. Right. Right. It's not even about like how can I finesse this or how can I do it? It's like, no, how can I get 30 dudes to grab a piece of this Jeep and just 
push. Throw it over, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even on even in just basically like on the on the rig side of things, like it's like, does it have clearance? Does it have power? Like, let's go. Let's like, go. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the suspension, the tuning that stuff in. And, you know, it's really impressive to see what these like, you know, trucks can do out there. Yep. It's all skinny pedal or die. Yep. <laughs> well, like I said, we are at uh at Castle Fab, which is uh near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Yeah. There's 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 a little bit of a connection here for you. And I've been here a couple times. And, you know, props to John for opening up his shop um, on a work day and letting us kind of set up camp in here and do this. So if you hear a noise and hear the banging around going on in the back, it's because he's actually working. We're just using his space and he's actually getting shit done. <laughs> yeah, we are literally in the middle of John's shop and he is actually working on a... John, what's that you're working on? Uh, Willie's Overland. Yeah, Willie's Overland uh, Jeep. And... Uh, is that's a that's a project for another shop actually that that kind of John gets a lot of that John gets a lot of sh other shops bringing him work uh, because he's one of the the better and more well known uh, metal fabricators. I think the best way to describe John is he's the guy behind the guy behind the guy. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you know he's he's actually classically trained as a as a mechanic too. Um, but happens to have chosen like, you know, fabrication as right. his calling, which, which is, it's clear why, because the guy can really do anything and yeah. everything. Yeah. And I'm looking at the, at the swing up that's on that thing. It's pretty impressive actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's all getting ready to be painted up almost. It's, it's no joke. And yeah. there's going to be a lot of, a lot of sad people once he leaves in June. I think, where are you moving to? John? Minden, Nevada. Minden, yeah. Minden Nevada. Yeah. So I'm, Reno. I'm allowed to lose, I'm about to lose one of my buddies. I know. And and hopefully don't need him for anything because he's gonna be really far away. <laughs> or or we have an excuse to do a road trip because right. he's gonna be by the Rubicon. That's right. Actually, so. as a matter of fact, uh, when I do do my attempt at the Rubicon this year, um, it'll be nice to have John and um, be close by because he is also working on a pretty badass project, which is his F two fifty Super Duty. Right, right. So uh, trail actually, support vehicle. Yeah. yeah. So that's. That's something that you can actually check out right now because you've been posting pictures on Instagram. Yeah, he has. Right. Yeah, so we'll we'll get John on here to talk about yeah. it. But you know what? First, let's uh let's bring Tony on from Romer because he's really how I met John and what got me started uh, on the path of getting the Jeep built. All right, I grabbed Tony. Tony, thanks for being here. Hey, no worries at all. And Glad I know this here. is kind of a first for you. It's fine. It's a first for us too. We're only three episodes in, but uh, awesome to have you guys. Um, part of this so basically you're the reason why we're even here in the middle of castle fab right now right i guess so i guess i'm getting that credit and i'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll take yeah. it no I'll pressure, it. No pressure. <laughs> um you're you're pretty key you're a pretty key piece to have accidental key. Accidental, yeah, well, key accidental key yeah sure <laughs> but still like if i hadn't met you i don't know how this whole build would have turned out i don't know who i would have ended up working with so um it was you know, I'm a believer in faith, and I thought it was pretty uh, coincidental that we happened to meet at a church because both of our kids went to the same school. Right. So you actually saw me, like, before I even had the Jeep. Before you even had the Jeep. I, I kind of I kind of have an appreciation for most everything on wheels. I, I say most everything because the PT Cruiser is not in that category. <laughs> Sorry, PT. Oh, my um, gosh. All right. You know what? We don't know each other that well, but you are already on my right. – we are yeah. – 
on the same we, page. We have only like maybe three hours of bar time, bar oh stool God. time yeah, under our exactly. belts in our relationship. Exactly. <laughs> but this, like, you just solidified it right now. Like, from, from that couple hours in the bar stool to right now. That one statement about it, the PT Cruiser. One statement about the right, PT right. Cruiser. We're it, on the same page. It, your little sidebar, it used to be, it used to be uh, Pontiac Aztec used to yes. be on that list. But once I, I accidentally, well, not accidentally, I rented a car and I got pushed into a PT Cruiser, and it was the <laughs> biggest hunk of crap I've ever driven in it's my so entire bad. life. It's so bad. It's just bad. And then really being bad. where we are, like, especially here in, like, Laguna Hills, close to, like, the retirement community, at least, like, five or six years ago, there was a ton of PT Cruisers. There's everywhere. a couple of Aztecs cruising around, believe yeah? it or not. And, and honestly, like, I've, nice actually, overland rig. I've right. actually been, I've actually grown <laughs> fond of those. Right. Because no, they've gotten actually, weird enough. And, they're so you know, unique. And yep. they actually have utility. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, they're that thought was the, out. They're ugly as shit, but they're thought out. <laughs> well, that was the whole purpose of it. That was like, you know, the Honda had that uh, utility vehicle that they kind oh, of came element, out with. The Element, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was like the precursor to that as far right. as I'm concerned. So I, I have a, a more of appreciation for those, but yep. the PT Cruiser is awful. It's absolutely awful. I, I would say with any car, if you just approach it from a standpoint of what would that look like with a four and a half inch lift <laughs> and <Right>. bigger tires, <laughs> it'll transform any, like most vehicles into something cooler. And but the but the PT Cruiser the PT is Cruiser. beyond saving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you thought it was bad, it, it is possible to get worse, yeah. which is hard to believe. But anyway, yeah. So having having to, to bring us back in, uh, having an appreciation for uh, all things on wheels, it was you had the Subaru, right? You know, and, yeah, and I uh, Impreza, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grew up I grew up back east, and uh, more specifically, I spent a lot of time in my college years and beyond living in Vermont. And Subarus are the Vermont state car, unofficially. Yeah, they're a staple, right? Kind of yeah, like it's on, yeah. on the flag, I think. It's, like, it's on the flag. Yeah, cho- chocolate, <laughs> chocolate and black labs and, and Subarus, and Subarus. Are, <laughs> go under, I think if you look up on Wikipedia, under right. state things, those things would that and, and, you know, would all fall under that. So um, I always like the Subarus. I have a thing for Subarus. So um, never owned one. Probably will never own one just oh, because wow. I, I have That's Jeeps and stuff. Though, right? but to have like a thing for them and like a passion for them and, and, and appreciation, appreciation. Appreciation yeah. is probably the biggest thing because well, I appreciate Ferraris too, but there's not one. Okay. Yeah. Probably never. Like I said, general appreciation for all things on wheels. Right. But the yeah. Subaru, you know, in, in that area and areas like that, if you don't want to drive a big truck and you need four wheel drive. Then that's your yeah. that's your Turnkey, other option. Reliable, covers all You can all throw the your buddy dog in it, and you're right. not worried about you know your Audi getting all wrecked right. and stuff like that. I think that. they come so with golden retrievers. They're everywhere. They do. Yeah, yeah they everywhere. come with a puppy in the in right. the <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, chocolate lab. Right, dealer right. Yeah. color. <laughs> so anyway, I had noticed I had noticed the Subaru. I had noticed the Subaru, right. and uh, so I just I thought it was cool. And, you know, made note, and then I also noticed your license plate that you had, which right, large LA, large yeah. LA, which I, to this day I still don't know what it means. Yeah, a lot um, of people don't understand it. But uh, hey, you're in LA, you live in large. That's, that's fair like ninety percent of vanity yeah. plates, though, right? Like, yeah. like five right. people know what they mean. The rest yeah, of the world's yeah. like, it's a game whatever. for me. I like yeah. to try to figure them out. You know, burn some time on the on the uh, freeway. I need a dot com next to it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right when yeah. the Jeep showed up, I I, know, I mean I'll notice the Jeep right away. But then I saw the license plate, and right. I already knew your license plate, so I was like, oh, someone got a someone got a toy. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Subaru guys, but it was an upgrade. And I don't know if it was that very same day that we met, um, or it was very, very close to. Um, you just happened to be walking well, out. Well, I saw you. I you had the Tundra that you were driving to work or yep. driving to school. And 
rooftop tan, fully built. You've since sold it to uh, Shane over at Genesis. Yep, yep. Shane's is, cruising around. Yeah, I love seeing pictures stoked. on that. And yep. uh, he's stoked, and I'm looking forward to it. My kids actually are looking forward to seeing that. At, I think next time we'll see Shane with the truck will probably be Easter Jeep. Easter Jeep, yep. yep. And uh, so I, I saw you, and you always I, I always saw, like, the other dads were, like, talking to you, and I'm like, I'm not even going to be that dude. Like, this guy's already dealing with, like, people, like, stopping him for, like, 20, 30 minutes. You know, he's, I'm sure he's got to go to work, whatever. I'll just appreciate his truck and get on with my day. Um, but then you approached me. I'm like, oh, cool. We get to talk about trucks now, yeah. now that I have a Jeep. And, uh, That's the weird dude guy, the dude yeah. crush with the, hey, yeah. so you got a new car. You're looking at me like, how do you know? Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> like, where the heck did you come from? Uh, but no, and, uh, and then, I, you know, of course, I'm going to drop the fact that I work at 511. And that immediately already gets like, well, oh, that, that already knew. Yeah. Again, because I'm, I'm a car stalker. stalker. He's already I'm a car stalker. Yeah, he's already car stalker. <laughs> yeah, li- living here in Velcro <laughs> Valley and, and coming up in the uh, action sports he's industry. He's asking the other parents, who's this guy? You know, it's not just a kid. Usually it's not just a car with a sticker. Here it's because they probably work there. Right. right. That's and true. you can tell by the sticker layout, oddly enough, is like whether they're a fanboy or right. whether they That's actually true. work there. 100%. You know? My Shimano <laughs> sticker. For my Shimano sticker is top and center. Right. right. It's it like it gets highest posting, highest priority right. on the sticker hierarchy. Right. Right. And it could be random for a random person. Right. To have the placement. So you right. kind of figure out the other guy probably works at Shimano or 511 or Quicksilver yeah. or, or fill in the blank. <laughs> totally. You know. Um, but yeah. So we we got to talking and I had mentioned the plan. I think by that point, I'd actually had the Jeep for, for a minute because I'd already been far enough along in the process to where I knew I was doing the build. OK. And I had. I have 511 involved, and that's where we started talking, I think. And I definitely didn't know that. I just, uh, being, you know, a fan of Jeeps and stuff, and and just a, a f- fan of being social, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you are a very friendly. You know, I, I, I had made mention about the new car, and we just kind of started talking from there. And, you know, I'm, I'm always, um, for me, it's, it's a lot of it's about, and what kind of what, dr- what drives all this is about community. Right. You know, so I'm all for stopping and having a conversation. Like, if I have, if I have the time which usually I have a few minutes either way to kind of, you know, rap a little bit about the vehicles. That's kind of part of what we do being ambassadors. Right. Um, but me just, I, I love building relationships and stuff and, and, and connecting with people on certain levels. So for me, it's just a default, you know, um, of how I run. So, uh, yeah, we just started chatting it up and, uh, and I started hearing about more of what you're up to and right. what you're needing. I was like, Oh, I, I got a guy for that. And I like having guys for that. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. I mean, I had, I had no idea that that one conversation was going to lead to basically the key piece of this Jeep coming together, which was getting me in touch with John from Castle. And I think I came down, visited you, saw your shop, which is freaking awesome. Like what you and your partner Troy have created over there is is really impressive. Just from the layout of your shop alone to the the insane builds that are coming out of that, Um Tell tell me tell tell the the, the listeners about it. Like, um, so Romer is Romer is kind of like a um, you guys build amazing rigs, and you're also kind of building a community, right? Yeah, the there's time? definitely more to it than just building awesome rigs. Like we had this conversation very briefly yeah. about the whole kind of principle and kind of what the, what Romer is, and it was it was actually impressive. It's cool. Yeah, it's 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 all centered first and foremost. It's all centered around community. Um, what we do. On the, I guess you want to say, consumer side, um, which would be anyone listening to this podcast is consuming the content. Sure, sure. Um, for us on the consumer side, again, it's building community. It's turning uh, people on to partners that we use and great companies and other people. Um, people helping people. Right. <laughs> right. As Vince Vaughn would yeah. say, <laughs> uh, wedding crashers. But um, 
So that is first and foremost. Um, on the industry side, what we are is content curators and creators. Um, I say curators because that has that component and tie into uh, the people we're introducing to other people, um, whether they're people like Castle Fab right. or Terraflex or, you know, fill in the blank of, you know, people that we value, relationships that we have sure. with. Um, but then the content creation side on the industry side, we're taking parts and pieces, uh, we're building the vehicles, and uh, we're talking about our feelings and how we feel about those parts and showing the vehicles. Right, in a pretty um, authentic way. There's a lot way, of components yeah. to that side. Yeah. Um, and honestly, we're still organically figuring out what that is exactly, but that's um, a part of it, big part of it. Well, one thing I've, I've heard you talk about and, and Troy talk about um, is the fact that you guys can kind of pick and choose the people you work with as well because you're not beholden to, to really anyone. To anyone, really. Yeah. 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 At all. So, I mean, again, it goes back to that community thing. You know, we, we of course, have partnerships that are strictly business-oriented, but we really want to keep and enjoy the partnerships that go beyond that and, you know, family. And, yeah. you know, like you mentioned Shane earlier, you know, Shane's a great guy. He's an incredible product. But, yep. you know, we, we see him and his family at Easter Jeep every year or Overland Expo right. um, West and uh, it's more about catching up about what everybody's doing and things like that. And those are relationships we really like, you know. Um, Switch Pros is another one. We have, you know, they're local, local to us and, and family-run business. And uh, we love working with them, right. you know. And, again, there's the partnerships on the business side. But, again, we're truly interested with how they're doing and how things go. Hey, how the kids doing? You know, it's like for us, again, it's the community. It's community-driven. Um, with, with Romer... So the community side's awesome, but what I think really stands out, especially at the shows and the events that you guys go to, like, are your rigs. Those are some impressive. Well, they're yeah. definitely the loudest, like out in front, right? We're, like not, the, we're not that attractive as, pe as individuals. I get it's the vehicles. But yeah. we are going to get a Romer calendar pretty soon, right? Hey, we'll put it on the list. Yeah, the list is getting longer and longer. Get Jason on there. Yeah. We, we break out our, uh, our shinesty Speedos and uh, right. dong sarongs and uh, pose up. Okay, it got weird again. Um, but uh, so the first experience I had with uh, you guys as far as your builds go was when I saw you over at Overland West and you had the Tomahawk. That thing, that thing is bad, dude. Like... That's, that is, yeah, as far as calendar girls, yeah. that's, that's front page and center. That thing rose to the top pretty quick on my list. That thing is yeah. that's gorgeous. And I think when you were first telling me about John, you were like, oh, yeah, like our fabricator, at that time it was our, our fabricator, mm -hmm. our fabricator built this feather, like this tomahawk, right, With this, that's, that's mounted on this feather, and he's like so stoked about it. And that was my first kind of like experience with like how much John really loves his craft right? Yeah. and how into it he gets, like how invested personally he gets. And, and sure enough, yeah, it is, it is a little piece of art on the front of that hood on that tomahawk. And, um, let's, uh, let's get John over here too. Yeah, John, what to, are you working on? Talk. Hey John, why don't you swing by buddy? Put it down. There you go. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of nerded out as we wait for John to walk over. I kind of nerded out on that little piece because Frankly, I, I saw the piece of cardboard that looked like the shape of a feather, and then he pulled out a piece of stock. And for me, it's like, you know, I know enough to get, be dangerous on, on several levels and different things, and I just nerd out on the super fine artsy side of it. Yeah. He's like, oh, I want to make a feather out of this. I'm like, all right, well, we'll see what that looks like. You know, I was like, I didn't know what to expect. And then as I saw the thing take shape from a piece of stock, 
you know, sheet, like, I was like, wow. I was like, this is super nice. It was almost a crime to paint it, I thought, because it had a lot of detail on it. The paint the paint hid most of that detail on that. Uh, right. So, unfortunately, you guys are going to have to share a mic here. That's uh, all right. We've only got the three, but yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a growing, growing, budding project, so right. eventually we'll get some more mics. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, John, why don't, you, uh, why don't you speak a little bit to that project, uh, the Tomahawk? Oh, that was uh, on my part. That was a uh, probably a poorly managed project that at the last <laughs> at the last minute took many many hours, and uh, I think Troy was Troy was gone uh, the last week or so, and so Tony was able to step up and he was there. He did some work for help helped me out a lot, but I think mainly moral support. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean it turned out great. Um, unfortunately, like I started in the racing field, you know, part of it, and. Uh, um, Everything seems to be like the eleventh hour, right? Like, like no, no matter, matter what, how, though, right? What? Is it no matter what? Yeah, like no matter how well we plan, like to get ready for a race, it always seems like you're up till two in the morning trying to finish something, right. and you have to leave at five in the morning. And to it get, doesn't you know, matter if head it's out a race there. or if it's a vehicle build. <sighs> yeah. Or you thought you were the best planner in the world, like I did. Yeah. You're still the night before, like SEMA, for instance. Yeah. Putting stuff on. Yeah. 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 So that I mean, I I love how it turned out, but like yeah. For me, I wish I could have done better, especially for those guys, because I wish it would have been on my part. I mean, even though I was done with it in August, it put, like, some of the other stuff behind. So, um, but, you know, we were able to catch up. It made it. It was beautiful. It's, I it mean, still beautiful. to this day, it, it turns heads. I mean, you drive down the road. You, I mean, I'm surprised people don't get in accidents. Um, <laughs> you know, because hearing, hearing, hearing you talk about it like that is, is interesting to me, because um, when I see it, I see – I see something I probably should have rolled off like the factory floor. Like it looks, yeah, so well it looks done, so well finished um, and, and done. The thought, yeah. of, the thought that like Troy and Tony put behind like where they were going to go with the build and and the final like actual implementation of those ideas into what you created and you fabbed up, um, it's just so impressive. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it started with a great idea. You know, uh, right. Tony and Troy put put together an idea, and it, I tried to. There were things I had to change because I, I tried to keep it to how they wanted it. So it's like when we worked with your stuff, uh, you, uh, you you try to you know you try to stay on task, right. and and it takes a little bit longer because you want it to be exactly how the vision is, and it's hard sometimes to keep on that same level um, to even create some of the ideas. It's just like I you know you could be the best fabricator in the world, and it's like well I, I just can't do that. You know it's like we can't. Well, it's, it's very collaborative. You know, yeah. we, we will have we'll have the idea and we don't necessarily know if it'll work or not or we think it'll work, but we're not thinking about the greater picture. And that's really, you know, having somebody to work with and a partner like Castle Fab and John is, you know, we'll take the initial vision and and sometimes it comes out with a better product once we get all the input. It's all about having the input from various parties, and there's some, there's going to be something that someone doesn't see. Right. You know, and that someone else. Like, almost like it evolves. Yeah. It's so part you of start out with a vision, and sometimes it turns in, oh, well, let's just do this. Yeah. You know, it, like, it just, it turns into something, I think, something better. Um, right. Because other ideas come up as you're building. Because it's hard to think about every single thing you're going to do um, and how to do it until you start doing it, you know. And, um like I said, yeah, it's it turns out better. I mean, I, I thought it turned out better than I expected, um, but like I said, a lot of, a lot of time went into it. I mean, like any build, I mean, it's stressful trying to manage stuff and, one and, thing, and get it handled. One thing I, I I would say is, which is impressive when you when you spoke about collaboration, is not only collaborating on the ideas, but I mean, so when I say your shops are adjacent, like you guys share a wall, yeah. and so when I'm here, when I was here with John working on the Jeep, 
I'd walk over to you guys because everyone was kind of like burning the midnight oil, uh, especially in preparation for SEMA because you guys were also working on another really, really cool project, which was the Slampback 6. Um, but you guys are also getting dirty, and you guys are also um, on your backs underneath the rigs, like putting things together, wiring, all that. So it's it's like you're not just like writing out a check and, and putting somebody to task. You're also getting dirty and, and doing the work too. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. We're, we, um, well, we know what we can and can't do, and we know where we can help, and we know where the talent is. You know, there's certain things that, you know, we can do that John doesn't necessarily need to be involved with. We can have, you know, he can be working on something else. I mean, besides, he's not just working <laughs> on our projects. He's got a slew of projects uh, around the shop that he's trying to work on. So we take on what we can take on. And, and granted, we both are um, have full-time jobs as well. Right. Oh, wow. So from a, from a time perspective, you know, like what can we take on? What's sustainable? And what do we have to kind of farm out or get some help with? Well, it's like two full-time jobs, basically, because those projects, three. Three, John's holding <laughs> up three fingers. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, that's true. Families, right? Yeah, most yeah. of us are fathers, Four, except yeah. for Frank, yeah. yeah. All of us are husbands. And then you've got your full-time gig. But then when you start a project like this, whether it's the Tomahawk, the Slapback, or even my Jeep, which wasn't anywhere close to us, the level of, like, Depth and detail and uh, customization, right? But was still a full time freaking. Those are like, and, job. and they're all commitments, right? They're all and, on timetables. They all have requirements. Well, they all have with other like, people involved. Yeah, 20, 20 plus partners, whatever it is right. that you have. Like for me, like I've got every single company that makes a part for an off road vehicle on my Jeep. You know, like you're dealing, you're you're juggling all these relationships, emails, phone calls, and squeezing that into breaks, lunches, and then after work, like. I know it was a stress on my wife, and I kind of wanted to touch on that. Like, you know, seeing you guys working on the Jeeps between John, uh, Troy, and Tony, I, I saw I've met all the wives, met all the kids because they would just kind of cycle through because your life was pretty much spent at the shop while you're while you're working on these builds. Yeah, yeah. The common answer for the wives, and I know Troy's used this one quite a bit, is that when you get asked to do something in the fall, you're like, it's September. It's October, which is just the you know the blanket no, yeah. <laughs> or like what is it we're talking about? And you have to then gauge you know just figure out how to slide it in there, what you can shuffle around. You know the fall is always where it um, bottlenecks, right? And no matter how hard uh, you try um, to avoid that from happening, it's you inevitably end there. You know whether it's delays on the fabrication side or delays on parts coming in, it's, sure, it's everything's sure. getting pushed back. You know, as with anything, you know, you try to plan as much as you can, but at the end of the day, you're spending some hours here. Right. So, going from the going from the Tomahawk, Tomahawk was SEMA from two years past, right? And the Slamback was your last year project, the big one. Yes. Um, you want to talk about that? Real quick, because I think our, our listeners would be stoked on. on uh, absolutely. Yeah. Slampback is a little bit different of an animal. Um, no less work, probably more on that one on the fabrication side as well. It's also kind of our flagship crawler um, adventure rig. Uh, adventure crawler is kind of what we're calling it. it what was it built on? Um, it is a 73 Jeep Commando. Um, it's the platform. Um, we initially... Uh, wanted to do a CJ6 was the plan of um, what we were going to build just because, again, we have families and we have kids and, and a CJ5 platform really isn't kind of cutting it in that scenario. And uh, this the Commando is just a uh, better bones 
than a CJ6. Uh, boxed frame, uh, a little bit more modern. Um, and we're talking about the 70s, so these are all yeah. shades of gray. But right. um, it was just a better starting point. And uh, Troy actually had found a uh, commando in the Midwest, and it was absolutely cherry. So we ended oh, wow. up scooping it up, and uh, we went with that. So that being, you know, that plan was to build a, not quite a sleeper, but a a very nice rig that was Rubicon capable. Right. Multi-day. There's nothing sleeper about that. Really. Mul- right, right, right. <laughs> so I mean, again, but what? It, but compared yeah. compared to what it how it sits now, like there's there's no, sleeper doesn't come up in in conversation anywhere no. near yeah. to what it turned into. But initially, it was supposed to be a well built, good looking Jeep that was going to be Rubicon capable and be able to support a multi day trail right. run, um, be reasonably comfortable um, on the trail, and have all the things that go along with that. The water systems. Um, you know, fridge, you know, some of the niceties that we've kind of this day and age have uh, grown to be spoiled by. But um, what it turned into was um, Terraflex 60s, 40-inch tires. (laughs) uh, And like I said, it got got away from us really quick. So it's, it's, I would say, a, a crawling adventurer is probably <laughs> crawling should go first because it, it that's it's a crawler. Right. How would you sure. say how how close would you say that it ended up in comparison to your original vision? Like where you envisioned this thing going when you guys first started the project and you were kind of putting it depends on what paper? point. I think from initial uh, brainchild, yeah, not even remotely close um, to maybe the first sit down build plan meeting we probably had and and submission of. Uh, you know, the components for the rendering, all the assets that we put together for the rendering, closer. Looks just like the render. Closer, like, yeah. Came out really much, close. much closer, yeah. 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 Um, just over the initial birth child, just nowhere near what we initially yeah, thought. Yeah, because I and feel like in a lot of cases, these things kind of take on a life of their own, and they be kind of be, yeah. they become their own machine. They get and, their own yeah. personalities as they kind of come together. And some of that's aesthetically, but a lot of it is in the actual build, in the guts of it. Yeah. You know, having a... a a leaf sprung 73 commando now riding on a jk coil suspension right. you know falcon shocks and and all the goodies that go along with that it's definitely <laughs> it definitely de- departed from the original um, yeah brainchild it actually it actually utilized the jk uh frame on that on no that no no nope. so that what is what was wasn't there like some kind of hybrid john maybe you can speak to this like when you when you built it, like what was the? Um... Well, with a lot of the builds we've done, and I've done with other people, it's we've started with a, a component instead of fabricating all new links and stuff. So either with the LJ or the JK, this time I think we did a JK uh, suspension. So okay. suspension. what what had to be done was since the axles were ordered from Terraflex, already set up for JK stuff. All I really had to do at that point was create a coil bucket and all the mounts that mounted to the frame. Um, and I don't think I had to do on this one, I don't think I had to do any cutting of any of the links or anything to modify them. So it was nice. It worked out good. Um, and yeah, I mean, you see the finished product that it, it's not, what it's was a, the most frustrating piece of that build? Would you say, and what was like the <sighs> coolest part? Like, like, oh, I yeah. really like the cool, I'll start with the coolest part. Um, cause I got to think about the frustrating part. Um, I think I, my, the coolest part that I liked was really the uh, the armor on the back. Okay. I think that I, I, I was stoked how that turned out. Um, Did you actually, like, fab those up? For yeah, products? everything's custom. Okay. Um, wow. Had to modify um, the wheel wells uh, because we moved the axle back, bigger tires. So, unfortunately, like, to make those again, it'd be another one-off set. Um, so, there, it was, it's, 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 it's a one-off part that's only made for that vehicle. 
Um, and it looks it looks straight up like as if you had ordered them like from somewhere. yeah yeah. yeah. So what, what Troy and Tony really wanted was the whole wraparound effect um, because what you see on all those is it's just guys you armor on the side. Um, they don't go the extra mile and wrap it around, which you know it's understandable. It's longer than a mile too. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it turned out it turned out really cool. Um, I think that was probably the well, that and the dashboard I think was my my two favorite. The aluminum work. You was did my all favorite. that work as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I really had a, a what'd you call it? A frustrating moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, there really wasn't. Everything was kind of it went smoothly. Um, I don't think. I mean, did you do you remember Besides anything? Working with us, um, which is also the highlight and. Which also is the highlight and the frustrating part. <laughs> no, you know, communication-wise, you know, I don't, you know, that could have been frustrating on some some level. But the actual building, I don't think anything was frustrating trying to make it on this one. Um, to me, it was pretty uh, straightforward fabrication-wise. Um, I've done dashes before. I've done skid plates, armor. Um, I didn't really have to get too like artistic i guess you say like we did on the j20 with the little the little tomahawk feather thing sure. um yeah. that was a little more artistic which actually really didn't take too much time i was surprised uh knocked that out in like an afternoon but um everything i think on the on the slant back was pretty straightforward um and I, it came together good and i think so. what stands out again from this build as well as in, as like i said with the with the tomahawk was i don't want to cut you off i did have a frustrating oh, part you do. was um Work because this was the first time we ever did anything that was fully coated. Oh, with the was it a Linex or Rhino Liner? Rhino Liner. Yeah, and it was it's a learning experience. So the Rhino Lining, as anyone knows, it takes up thickness. Uh, it, it creates was pretty thickness. Thick. Yeah, I remembered. Well, it, yeah. So when I that. built everything on a raw body and stuff, especially the armor, some of the holes didn't line up. So that was a little frustrating. But I kind of had, I kind of going into it, I knew some of that wasn't going to work out right. right. But in the end, it turned out fine. Um, the doors, we were a little concerned the doors weren't going to fit. Doors fit great. It, en it ended up, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know going into it. So this, the parts that we thought were going to be no problem were, were or no problem were a problem and vice right. versa. Yeah. So we immediately, when we, it just, I don't know what happened. A light bulb went off and we're like, oh, crap, the doors, they're not going to close. Right. You know, so we immediately, we didn't even get, we didn't even have the doors on and we we're already thinking about what the two doors are going to look like. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, 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 how are we going to, one, how are we going to fit in the time to have John make two doors and what are they going to look like and how's that going to, from a design aesthetic, going to play into, because we had no intention of doing that. Sure. So it ended up being the doors worked great. You know, we uh, lined those, uh, lined those up and fit those in. They fit no problem. And it was the armor that ended up becoming a problem. Yeah. Um where it just it, it it just didn't wrap like it did when it was raw, of course, for obvious reasons. So everything's few things didn't line up, but it ended up not being terrible. It's that big of an issue, no. No, yeah. it was just frustrating on on my part. I should have planned a little bit ahead, but it was like we we're you know you have to get everything coded. You know, it's not like you can you can know how how thick things are going to be sprayed and stuff like that. So that I, I mean, it was a minor frustration, but I, if you want to have some kind of frustration, that was probably the biggest part for me. It was just. I was bummed because I had to drill some more holes. It didn't, right. it didn't fit how, you know, how I intended things to like, fit. Like and it was no, it's, you know, it was no one's fault other than this lack of experience working with that product and, sure. and not knowing. You well, know. I mean, some of it was unknown territory. It was like yeah. custom one-offs. Yeah. Yeah. And at the grand scheme of things, we had to drill some more holes. Wow. You yeah. know, like it could have been so much worse. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. the doors could not have shut, you know, or something like that, where it would require us to do some trimming, some shaving down, things like that. And so your, it wasn't. And your timeline was deal. like really, it was like tight. 
they're always tight. Yeah, they're always tight. So that was that was no different. Um, you know, it's been we were just trying to count up the other day, and you know, it's been 12, 12 13 builds, um, maybe including some of the ones we have going on now. And we're still chasing that timeline. And, and no matter how hard we try to play, we're definitely getting better at it. Um, but no matter how hard we, we, we try to uh, have that kind of work out to where we're like laughing and enjoying ourselves in sure. like September <laughs> and, and doing shakedown trips that, yeah, that's like a unicorn that's, that's never going to be found right. type thing. But this was, wasn't horrible. It wasn't like we weren't here all night putting things together. The thing wasn't running or anything crazy like that, which sure. has happened. The J20 was an example of that. Um, where, um, again, we're probably getting sidebarred, I think, from our initial conversation. Right. But I, I had to uh, – we had two vehicles going uh, the year the J20 was going and um, with plans to drive to Vegas together. Sure. And I had to end up abandoning Troy um, at the body shop where they were finishing up final assembly on that to get the other truck to Vegas on time for check-in. And uh, it wasn't running. Right. It wasn't shifting. Couldn't get it on the trailer. <laughs> like, Pretty there were no storm, brakes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like random stuff like that that were just like everything was going Absolutely. to work, but it just wasn't that night. Right. You know, so that that happened. So the, the slanty was was a departure from that, and we had that. issues, and but it was nice. The, our biggest issue that night was, you know, figuring out where the straps were for the trailer. You know, at dark, which was still around dinner time, <laughs> which was awesome, sure. and not like one in the morning. Right. So um, that was kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I was gonna say about was about slantback was. Uh, it just, it was such, again, another like production quality build. Like it just looked solid. Like it looked like every detail was, was, you know, you guys paid attention to everything and having, having kind of been at the shop while you guys were in the midst of building that, um, I really got to see firsthand, like all the work and detail that went behind it. And like, you know, behind the scenes, all the wiring, like that Troy was working on, you know, um, it was, it was kind of done inside and out really well. And uh, should be a if anybody wants to really know what Romer's all about or you know how good Castle Fab's work is, just take a look at those those two builds and and you know and there's others, but those two really stand and out. There's a video on there'll that. There'll be one, right? there'll be yeah. more and more content coming out on that. Right now, you can go to Trail Recons. Yep, Brad just did um, one on yeah. you guys, yep. right? on uh, YouTube, and you could check out that video. He did a really nice video on that. We're going to have one on the J20. Uh, coming out very soon and then what we're going to do we're going we're working on launching our youtube as well the youtube we already have up there we have some instructional videos stuff but we haven't really been focusing on youtube that much but we're moving into that area so what we're going to kind of do is because brad's doing such a good job and he's really interested in doing some profiles on the other vehicles right. we're going to launch probably doing featurettes Okay, um, cool. of each of those vehicles on our YouTube based on the comments and questions we get from Brad's videos. So Perfect. kind of a tie into what he's like doing. Like a follow-up almost. Yeah, because there. his videos are great 30-minute right. videos. You really get to see a lot of the vehicle, but people still have questions. Sure. We're already getting questions, and we're fielding those questions on his YouTube page. Uh, like, you know, oh, what did you guys do with the roof, or how did you do this, or can I take a closer look at this? So we're going to collect all those questions um, put them together and then kind of determine uh, the featurettes we're going to do. And we're going to cool. kind of keep the featurettes kind of like um, quick and dirty, um, five, ten minutes, something you can kind of watch really quick. Digest. Right. Um, and digest and, and digest in, in chunks. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, I want to check out what they did with the roof here. Here's a, you know, five to ten minute video. 
cool. Um, you know, so I think that'll be kind of a neat a neat thing to do and, and launch our kind of YouTube a little bit and also bridge off of what he's doing and, and really get to dive into the vehicles. Because, I mean, as much as it's cool to put together an hour and a half show, it's going to take at least an hour and a half to get into every sure. like oh, cranny of any of those builds yeah. for someone to kind of get the, to extract the information you're looking to pull out of that. Like, how did you do this exactly? Or they need another angle to figure it out on their own. And, and you, you can get that in photos, but you can't really, you don't know what people are thinking right. or what their needs are. So totally. Well, that sounds exciting. Um, so if somebody wants to learn more about uh, Romer, where can they go, including that YouTube channel? Um, that YouTube channel um, for Romer uh, is one place. Um, right now we are really heavy into Instagram at uh, I am Romer. That's I-A-M-R-O-A-M-R. Um, you can see a lot of pictures there and, and you have questions, feel free to hit us up. We're going to, like I said, we're going to collect all the information we get from people and inquiries cool. and kind of craft that into uh, some content. Cool. Well, I know you got to get back to it. Thanks so much for your time. We're going to switch focus over to John now and kind of talk about how he got into off-road and how this whole shop came about. But, uh, thanks Tony. Yeah, yeah no thanks worries. I hope by. we uh, kind of address some of those, uh, questions on how we got linked up. I know yeah. we kind of departed from that a little bit but oh, uh, yeah good. just from right. a chance meeting at the kids school and yeah. uh, me want to introduce you to you know some good people and and uh, talented talented yeah. people so I think it all worked out really well yeah, yeah for I'm sure glad to know you guys awesome all right so john let's uh let's dig into you a little bit let's let's talk let's about get to know john yeah let's get to know john here. <laughs> you want to know all my skeletons huh yeah, yeah well maybe yeah. not all of them no. well we won't start with the closet we'll just start with the shop okay yeah, i'll stay in the closet right let's now. get yeah. political <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that right? no nothing wrong with that <laughs> uh, a little seinfeld reference so, so you have a history in uh, off-road racing yes yes i got started i would say in the uh uh mid to late 90s um from a a Great team. Uh, I don't think they're racing much anymore. It was Scalzo Racing. Uh, we hailed out of San Juan Capistrano. So um, I came back from automotive school, um, and it was I, I met I met them through uh, before that because they had a couple auto parts stores. So I I wanted to try to get involved. So I ended up starting. I went to school as a mechanic, um, or came out as a mechanic. Actually worked at an auto parts store as a non mechanic. Um, got involved with the um, racing team. And uh, they had a bunch of fabrication tools, uh, no fabricators. Right. So um, I, I just picked it up one day and wanted to work on my Ranger because I, as a kid, at the, you know, in the 90s, late 90s, I didn't have a lot of money. So um, I, I'm like, I'll just do it myself. You used what you had. I used what I had, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I was exposed to, through a, another team that they partnered with, um, I was exposed to a, a couple good fabricators there. And they, they kind of showed me the ropes on what to do and stuff like that. And um, I've always been kind of artistic with sure. stuff. And, yep. and it's kind of an art form, um, that kind of stuff. Um, so I picked it up, um, built a bunch of stuff, got involved with that team, um, ended up after that team um, becoming a mechanic right. at, a, at, a foreign, at a foreign car shop in Dana Point. Worked there for a couple years. Uh, Got picked up from another one of our friends uh, who started racing Class One cars in the in the desert, and worked for him full time um, as a fabricator. Um, probably worked there two or three years, okay. and um, uh, I think in 2001 I went off on my own and started Castle Fabrication. Castle Fabrication was kind of a dream. I had shirts, had stickers right. prior to this because I was doing stuff on the side. So I decided to go full bore. Um, quit my job, you know, opened up the shop and took off from there. How many years That's ago was awesome. that? 
That was in 2001. 2001. Okay. Yeah. So wow. 18 years. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so my background was off road awesome. off road racing. You know, code or co driving. Um, yeah, I noticed uh, some of the navigator. things you did on the Jeep where you're like. You got to think like a off-road racer, not as a, <laughs> yeah. as a guy who's bolted on parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's face it, right? You build something with that much travel, and then you throw, what would you throw, a supercharger on there? Right. Right? I mean, and you're going to use a skinny pedal, right? Yeah. So, I'm, so it, you always got to have a guy like Jonas in the back of his head putting putting in, app, applying reality yeah. right. to, to exactly. the build. Yep, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I got, got going, you know, got started going fast in the desert, and you, you get married and have kids and you don't want to go fast anymore. Your right. life's more important, right. to, you know, to right. your now family. Now you have a reason to make it till tomorrow. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> most of my friends, I'm not going to say all, but a lot of them got into, it was at that time, crawling. This was, yeah. like, pre-Overland, right. you know, stuff. Uh, and, you know, they're going slower now. And then it turned into, well, let's, let's, t- let's, let's tow the crawlers out with the motorhomes, camp, and whatever. Right. Sure. Then it turned out, well, let's just tow the crawlers out and take the crawlers out and camp as we're doing the trail ride right you know runs um so then like this whole overland kind of family grew from this um kind of an evolution of like getting out there and being more efficient taking less more comfortable yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's 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 that hybrid right of comfort and also being able to get out there without like hauling your living room yeah exactly so yeah so you know that and that kind of my whole shop change went from working on buggies and and trucks to jeeps and you know, crawler overland kind of stuff. Yeah. Doing a lot of like uh, bumpers that had purpose. You know, not just right. bumping into people. You know, right. they they carried gear and equipment. You know, absolutely. So yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, so how did you end up meeting um, Tony and Troy? I met. I, I first met Troy. Um, I helped him. Uh, I think it was pre Romer days. Uh, do a SEMA build. He had a, a green JK. Right. That went off. Uh, we did some custom suspension to it. Um, and then from there, uh, Tony came on board. Um, I don't know h- how they met. Um, but, yeah, so I met Tony through Troy. And uh, kind of the rest is history, you know. Romer was formed, and I kind of just helped, tried to help him out the best I could on right. their builds and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, the work the work has been so impressive. And, and just me and you, like, we did a lot of video work together on the, on the Jeep. Yeah. On Kate. And, uh, I don't know, there's those people that you just kind of like hit it off with. And I feel like we hit it off really well. And, you know, now even our wives are communicating with each other and yeah, yeah, planning, no, yeah. planning yeah. nights out and stuff like that. Well, and I think, I think Tony really kind of hit it on the head, right? Which is, I think the one thing that all of us at this table, but also in the, in the larger at large, right. You know, you, you extend beyond us is the core value of community, right? Yeah. Right. All of us are in it for fun and for enjoyment and in, as a business, but we also have the core values of wanting to build a community, yeah. and we have relationships as a result. Very familiar, right? Yeah, yeah like yeah, well, it yeah. all kind of extends from there. Yeah. Well, I mentioned. I think I mentioned Ali before. Is um, the off-road community? It's a tight-knit community. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone's family. Everyone's willing to help out. Like right. in my in my years of co-driving off-road race cars, um, you're competing against guys, but if you see that guy in need, like he's upside down, Absolutely. you stop and you help. I mean, it's like that's just part of it, and that that whole part has moved into the Overland, you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you get your wind everyone, shot, but you stop. Yeah, yeah, everyone's everyone's there to help out. I mean, it's really rare. It's really right. rare to see someone that just you know oh, whatever he'll he, yeah. can, he can handle it himself. Yeah, right. it's hundred percent true. You know, yeah. well, King of Amherst was a good example of that because you had actual like companies come out to that event. So the vendor area served double purpose. Yeah. Not only was it a vendor area, but I noticed 
there would there would be rigs parked at people's booths getting like welded yeah stuff welded onto it or you know i know yukon was out there like helping people with their uh their you know whatever whatever parts they could support yeah um, oh yeah even premier west where i went and got my my gearing done at uh carlos and his father were out there uh Helping people with their differentials. Yeah, you know, it like, blows my mind how much that stuff gets done, like out there. Yeah, people yeah. helping everybody. Like, people and saying, break and they just keep you going. Yeah, That's so rad. Yeah, such a cool community. I mean, I'm I'm stoked to be part of it, even even though I'm an overlander. But I love I love getting out there, going fast and uh, hitting some rocks. You know, yeah, so at the end of the day, we're all playing understand. in the same sandbox. We have all right. similar roots, right? We've all kind of dabbled in this and dabbled in that. Yeah. So there, there there's a lot of overlap it's not just that you've kind of chosen to go down this one very narrow path of an overlander that's just not the reality yeah yeah yep. but uh but one one thing like we'll we'll probably leave off on especially when it comes to you is this new product that's got all the jeep guys buzzing which is yes the, which you know we every episode we try to we try to talk about uh like a key part that's on our on our rigs yep. and uh you know I have a whole thing I'd like to do on Goose Gear. I'm actually wearing my my sponsor hoodie for the show, but, but very really jealous, like, very jealous, Brian. That's right. Uh, but but I think you know I'll have plenty of time to talk about Goose Gear another time. Let's talk about the hard box from uh, you started a company called Cargo Keepers. Yep. And we have a we have a prototype on my rig, which is a it's basically a rear window delete. I have a four door JK, so. I've got that rear window behind the driver's seat that we basically pulled out and we put this box into. Uh, and tell us about that real quick. Yeah, well, that uh, that that kind of stemmed from you know you know you as Jeep guys you're you're putting ten pounds in a five pound bag. Right. Um, and standard. It, it, yeah, it's yeah, standard. standard. I mean, and it's every little bit of space is 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 gold. You know, Absolutely. it's like. You know, you in, in any any aspect. You know, sure. FJ yeah, guys. FJ I mean, no different. the yeah. forerunners. I mean, you got you you got to use up as much space as you can properly. And so I kept kept seeing how all the boxes were built in the back, interior space. I'm like, you still got space there, which ends up being just kind of like the catch-all for like bags shoved in the corner. Sure. You know, yep. it's just and you got to dig through that stuff to try yep. to get to it. So I figured let's just make something where you can attach whatever you want on it and keep things more organized, readily available. You don't have to get into, you don't have to open the back tailgate up. You don't have to um, uh, open that the lift hatch up. You can just grab it from the side. You know, all your, you know, you can grab uh, um, uh, uh, like flares if you have sure. to get foot recovery gear, sure. Sure. medical stuff, um, you know, anything readily available. So, yeah, so that's how that came about. And and it was pretty cool because that was an idea you had for a couple of years, right? Leading it's up to been SEMA. yeah more than a couple of years. Yeah, it's been just something that I just haven't had time, and it's still hard. I'm trying to fulfill orders right now for people, um, uh, trying to bring out the JL version. Right. Um, yeah. So it's just it's an ongoing an ongoing thing that's been uh, just kind of taking on a life of its own. And you're, you're adapting it for like different kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's too. there's there's other guys. Uh, like Overland um, X is waiting for his with his. Gobi yeah, rack. so there's Gobi, a Gobi yeah. rack version I'm trying to come out with, um, and there's other vehicles non Jeep that guys have hit me up for sure. that I'm gonna see if it's even possible. So, yeah, I was gonna say that the one thing of all the things that you have on your Jeep, the second that door swings open. Right. That's the oh, one thing that, that people that hover. Yeah, the there's Absolutely. a lot of cool things to check out on Kate. That's for sure. But when once that hatch that pops box, open, yeah, that hard box gets a lot of looks. And a it lot does. Of attention. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, I'm stoked you you chose my rig. I mean, I know the SEMA thing was like kind of up in the air for a minute, but once it got like finalized, you're like, okay, this is the time to actually do it. I, yeah. Because yeah. I'd originally envisioned like just having a a hard case from 511, like take that space. Yeah. Right. Um, but I'm I'm stoked with what we ended up with. Yeah. It's really cool. 
Anyways, well, dude, John, thanks so much for yeah, letting thanks us for kind of me. take over yeah. your shop. And, yeah, thanks for letting um, us sit up in here and hang yeah. out and get things done. And yeah, you're welcome. Listen yeah. to Any, you away in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, let you, we'll let you get back to it and uh, as we wrap up here on okay. uh, episode three. I can't believe it's third episode already. I know. I know. We're moving along nicely, I think, though. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, yeah, thank you. So I think right at this point we should uh, probably pay some bills. Right. <laughs> um, as usual, just uh, thanks for the uh, support of amazing people within the industry, um, of which Rig Supply is uh, our good friends. Um, they cater to pretty much anything you can name within the Overland world as far as like parts go. Right. And of course, they have their Ultra Swing. Yep. As well as their Universal Ultra Swing. So they have an Ultra Swing for their Forerunner application, and they've come out with a Universal one. And then They've just come out with something I really think I do need, which is an extension for your hitch. I was just about to tell you that, and it's only because we seem to be on this like the same cadence right. of like a two-week episode. episode. <laughs> they come out with a new product. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing happened with the with the Universal Ultra Swing, and now they have this extender that you can kind of put in there, and it it'll take care of some of the rattle if you have a different anti wobble. Like, yeah, anti wobble, yep. which is really cool. I wish everyone did that, and they're doing a great job of kind of addressing these little quirks and, and issues that totally. you come along with and they just address them. I love it. It's it, They're on a good cadence. Well, that extension, I feel for me at least, is one thing I notice is if I use a standard bike mount for the rear of the Jeep, it doesn't clear that, right. that rear tire carrier entirely. Exactly. So I need that extra foot or whatever. Uh, that it's adjustable, yeah, yeah totally. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's adjustable and uh, and I just need that extra distance in order to clear that, that rear tire. So. Um, there's the solution right there. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some some great thought going so, into that. So make sure you visit them. Uh, uh, they're at rigsupply.com. Uh, they're also on Instagram. You can follow them there. And, and then that's R R I G D. Yeah, supply.com. Yep. Um, and then lastly, uh, check out their Rambler program. Um, I know that if you if you join up with uh, with their Rambler program, you get some discounts, some swag, um, and I'm sure they'll do other secret stuff for you guys on on that. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and, and with that, you know. Uh, yeah, we'll wrap up episode three. That's so, it, huh? Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you check us out on our website, riggedfordirt.com. Um, also on Instagram, riggedfordirt. Uh, give us your feedback. Let us know if you have any suggestions or any topics. Give or us even, a rating. Yeah, give us a rating. Um, or if you want us to go hit up a trail or an area that you know is, is going to be super awesome to go to and talk about, then drop us a line. And, and we'll hit that up. For slide the, on in the DMs. Yeah, slide on in the DMs for the business side of it. Uh, make sure you check us out on your favorite podcasting uh, application. And the, like, like Ollie said, leave those reviews and, and, and drop those five stars if you think we're worth it. Yep. Thanks a lot, guys. And we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Take care, guys.